Let's talk about a division where salary cap doesn't exist. The NFC West. It's time for Garbage Time. Guys, welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football today on this specially special weekend episode of Garbage Time Fantasy Football. We are covering the NFC West and all of its fantasy implications. How are you doing uh, off your weekly hiatus, JJ? Yeah, uh, fresh out of quarantine, so just getting over COVID. So if I have an occasional cough during the pod, forgive me, but uh, feeling much healthier and uh, ready to roll. It's all right. It won't be as often as uh, Ryan's like three minute hack every episode. So yeah, don't worry about it. I think your COVID cough will be just fine. Guys, if you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, make sure to like and subscribe to the show too here on YouTube. And if you're really shy and need to listen to us in audio format, there's many places you can listen to us. That's in Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Now Pandora, Spotify, Amazon, TuneIn, and anywhere you get podcasts. And if you absolutely hate what you hear from us here on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, visit us at www.garbagetimeff.com like Christian does every few weeks and leave us a voice or a hate mail. I'm sure that'll be getting more frequently as training camp arrives and the NFL season gets upon us. Uh, Without any further ado, JJ, you ready to get into the news? Yes, sir. News updates. Is it me or does it seem like the internet has our drops running a little bit quicker than normal today? It is. It's Everything is super sped up. <laughs> yeah, I know. What the hell is with that? Is it just telling us we need to get this episode done in under an hour? I guess so. <laughs> All right. First little bit of news we have on there is there's a rumor floating out there. Uh, started Friday that the NFL is potentially looking to su- suspend Deshaun Watson for the entire year. And the NFLPA is looking to defend him to get a lesser amount of suspension. So what's your thoughts on this going forward? Is he going to be suspended for the year? Or are you going to lose that bullshit apology bet to Ron? Yeah. Um, if you think about the political news um, of what broke over the past couple of days, yeah. as far as Roe v. Wade and, and women's rights and everything, this is literally like the worst possible time for Deshaun Watson. Um, I, I really think he's going to get suspended the entire year. And if the, Accusations are true. Obviously, that is extremely warranted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that um, week one, it's Jacoby Brissett strolling out there for the Cleveland Browns. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I don't think Baker will be able to swallow his pride and and uh, and start for the Browns. I, I don't think he'll be able to do it. So I, I think Jacoby Brissett starts week one, and there's a actual possibility – that Deshaun Watson never takes a snap for the Browns, honestly. Yeah, even on that $230 million contract, that's interesting to see how that will end up working out in the courts and stuff because I'm sure they would look to throw that contract out if he'd never gotten the field for him. And on top of that, we don't know if time fades away and just ends up staying in civil suits if he potentially does play after the year. So mm-hmm. uh, what's your thoughts about that for dynasty owners that potentially own him right now or people that are looking – to do their drafts early and may throw a late round flyer on him if something were to happen. 
Yeah, if if you have them now, I think it's too late because everyone's going to be privy to it. Um, if you, I mean, if you can get some some capital, maybe. Um, but honestly, your your best case scenario is he gets suspended this year and is eligible to come back next year. So in dynasty, he would still have value, but um, indefinite suspension is never a good thing. So. My guess as to what happens is he gets suspended for the year and he gets put on the – he may get put on the commissioner's exempt list and have to be re- formally reinstated. Um, yeah, this may end up being more than a year. And he he will have to do some serious campaigning and off-the-field charitable work and do a lot of things, get those cases settled, and then apply for reinstatement next year. I think he could be back next year, but – um, obviously a, a bad situation for Watson that looks like he dug himself into. So, well, what he really should be doing is, uh, calling up Michael Vick on how to redo your reputation, which is very publicly going to a bunch of conferences, redoing your reputation, um, going to therapy for this kind of stuff <laughs> in a very public format. Like mm-hmm. it seems like he's going to need to do a lot of things to just make up for his reputation. And I don't know if he can really ever come back for this kind of stuff. Um, obviously the Browns saw something here where they thought they did, he could, and they took the shot on him giving up three first round picks. But uh real question is here because we're focusing on the fancy aspect of it. If you were the Deshaun Watson owner right now, how would you pivot considering you probably won't get any capital for him? What are you looking for at the quarterback position? Which direction are you looking to go? I mean, there's, there's probably not a lot out there. If I mean, if you haven't had your rookie draft, what rookie quarterback are you going to take with confidence? Um, I don't know. Maybe take Kenny Pickett. I, there's probably not a whole lot out there. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is probably going to start for them, in my opinion. Or if you can maybe try and make a move for Baker before he gets traded and, and get him for a discount. Um, if yeah, he does I mean, get traded, he's obviously going to start wherever he goes, so. Yeah, maybe Jimmy G, too. You could see where he ended up going, maybe try to get him cheap right now. Um, or you could just wait it out and hope for a better draft pick next year because you probably screwed up if you got him on your roster right now. You better hope you have three if it's a super flex league. I'm thinking about the uh, the guy in our uh, – oh, Ron and I did a dynasty startup, mm-hmm. uh, super flex, and the guy took Deshaun Watson, like, ninth overall. Oh, that's brutal. Uh, yeah, that was a few I, weeks ago. Hopefully he's got something to pivot if that's the case. Probably nice. He's in for a little bit of a rough year. He's going to have to take one of those uh, nice quarterbacks coming in the 2023 Dynasty rookie drafts. Mm-hmm. All right, nice little bit of news we have up here. You already kind of mentioned him, uh, so we'll bring up the name now. Josina Anderson says the CX are still very interested in acquiring Baker Mayfield. Um, there was a report out of last week, too, that said the Panthers are interested still in acquiring Baker Mayfield. What's up with these reports? Is this uh, – Smoke being thrown on by the fire by the Cleveland Browns, or are these teams actually starting to pick it up now that they see what they have out of these quarterbacks in their camps? I, I personally, if I was them, I would try and get Baker Mayfield on a bargain. Um, so I, I think there could be a little a little truth to it. They, I mean, when those are your quarterbacks, you absolutely explore all options, and I think they're probably trying to whittle the price down a little bit maybe. But mm-hmm. like I said, when talking about Watson, I just do not see a scenario where Baker suits up for the Browns this year. So Never. 
we'll see. I think they're, the Browns will probably wait until they, they see what's going on with Watson and then maybe try and beg Baker to come back and play again. But we'll see. Hopefully they do that in the public format. <laughs> Through one of his like State Farm commercials where he's like coming home and unlocking the door. Right. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, yeah, I think from a fantasy football aspect too, Baker Mayfield with Seattle would be great for his aspect. I don't see him elevating to a quarterback one status, even with those weapons on that offense, but on uh, super flex formats, he could be a high end quarterback too. I think if he ended up with those wide receivers on that team too. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see where he could potentially end up where I think the Panthers have decent weapons too. And Obviously, the Seahawks have very good weapons on the outside there, too. So I think those are potentially two very good options for Baker Mayfield. And not only that, he's not going to be banged up nearly as much as he was last year, which it felt like they were just rolling him off the gurney every single week last week. So I think it's very disrespectful what the Browns did to him this year, bringing in Sean Watson and just not giving him his extra year because he was a warrior for them last year. And he was the first quarterback to get them back to the playoffs in a long-ass time. So I, I kind of think what they did to him was very surprising, and I think he had earned himself another year, but apparently that's not what the Browns thought. Brown's going to Brown. Always got a Brown. All right, nice little bit of news we had for you is Kenyon Drake was not cleared for June minicamp. Um, does this open up potentially options in training camp for Zamir White to get that secondary role for the Raiders? Um, Zamir White is not a – is not predominantly known as a pass catching back. So I don't know how much he'll dip into it, but he's going to get the reps that Kenny and Drake would have. Um, and I think that's a good thing for him. You know, we, we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, the um, long-term outlook of Josh Jacobs. I know you covered that on your, uh, your bold predictions episode. So I sure did. Um, I think it's good for Zamir White. I think he's going to get a lot of work in the preseason and, and probably I would guess that he's going to get the first carry in the preseason for the Raiders. So um, I think it's a good thing for him, but I, I don't envision him taking over that Josh McDaniel pass catching back role uh, just based on his skill set. And guys, what we were talking about in this uh, episode that JJ was referring to in my bold predictions episode, I said that Josh Jacobs wouldn't even be the starter for the Raiders by the end of the year, based on the fact that they didn't extend him. Josh McDaniels is his head coach, likes to run a committee. And I think that he's going to like running backs, potentially like Kenya Drake if he's healthier later in the year and Samir White. Um, I think he's already seen what Josh Jacobs can do. His yards per carry aren't very good, um, at least in that Raiders offense. I think he's very potent in the passing game, um, could potentially do better somewhere else. But Josh McDaniels is a weird head coach. And for some reason, seems to have it out for certain players. And I've just got a strange feeling that Josh Jacobs is going to be one of those players because they didn't extend him. So that'll be something very interesting to watch up at the training camp to see how many reps that uh, Zamir White gets and Kenny Drake if healthy. Uh, Next little bit of news we have for you guys is Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk is saying that Elvin Kamara is bracing for a six-game suspension for this year. Do you think that's about the right number that he's going to get this year, JJ? And how does that affect his fantasy status? Uh, well, it obviously cripples his his rankings if if that materializes. Six games is a big chunk of the season. That I mean, that's pretty much halfway through half of the fantasy season. So you're gonna have to invest a top four pick probably. I I don't know how far down he'll he'll fall, but just based on name, people will be willing to take the jump on him. But 
Um, yeah, obviously not good. I would assume he could appeal and maybe get it reduced a game or two. We've seen that in the past in cases similar to this. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not good. And hopefully it gets announced soon and isn't like a, uh, September thing where you have your draft and you just cross your fingers. It's not actually six games. What range do you think that drops into in fantasy football? Do you think that's um, potentially throwing him into the late second, third round range? Because oh, I mean, yeah. we're looking at we're, we're looking at say if you have a seventeen game season, you're probably looking at your playoffs starting week fourteen for most leagues anyway. So that's pretty close to half of the season. So is that about the range you're looking at him right now at? I mean, if six games, like you think about the that's running backs coming back, like are you going to? Take 17 games of, uh, I don't know, Saquon Barkley or David Montgomery, those running backs in, in that range. Are you going to sit six weeks without or RB, a running back? And so I, I think uh, I think he could go like fourth round, really. I mean, six games is a lot. What does that do for the uh, other running backs on his roster currently? What does his depth chart look like? You think about they still have. I think I believe they brought in um, a Zigbo, the bigger back from the Jaguars. They have Mark Ingram. They have Tony Jones. So, I mean, the Mark Ingram didn't look great last year. I'm I'm not really excited about any of these guys. I know I was a a Tony Jones stand in the preseason last year. Mm -hmm. I really thought he was going to steal that job from Ingram, but he never. He got hurt, and it just never worked out. So. So do you think the lead back while he's not there would probably potentially be Mark Ingram unless they brought in someone else just based on the volume? Yeah, if, if they don't bring anyone else in, I think Ingram probably gets the first carry for him in 2022. All right. So, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you to that sentiment that it may even drop him farther than the late second round potential in that third, fourth round range. I mean, you may see him go to that range that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be looking to go at. Um, I think – I would rather have Elvin Kamara just based on the uh, need of his position. But it's going to be very interesting to see where these two guys go this year because there's always a few of these guys every year, and their range varies quite a bit. So that'll be very interesting to see what happens with these two later on in the offseason. All right, you ready to get into the divisional breakdown? Absolutely. You ready to see the humping guy? <laughs> well, you don't have a choice. Here he is. Sorry, did I say humping? Yeah, sorry, did I uh, say humping? I mean thrusting. It, it, it is good that it's actually the NFC West that we're talking about today because Cam Akers is apparently good at dancing and is in the division. Yes. <laughs> All right, so we're going to cover the Seahawks first on this divisional breakdown for fantasy football because we've already brought up Baker Mayfield. So we're going to run through this the same style that we've run through at the last divisional breakdowns. Hey, guys, if uh, you have any questions on these divisional breakdowns, too, feel free to reach out to us uh, on our Twitter or Instagram. JJ's got our Instagram right there at garbage, garbage underscore time. Yeah, sorry. Our Twitter at garbage underscore time FF, where you can leave him messages and questions, and we'll play them live on this show if you ask them. Where we are also live right now. We also stream live from Twitter, if that works better for you. Yeah, so. which we always seem to fail to announce on this podcast, too. Yeah, it's just always kind of there. I retweet start of episodes and... Yeah. So if you also uh, want to see some sample clips or leave us messages on Instagram too, if that's more your flavor, you can reach us at garbage time fantasy football 
Also, so uh, first question we have for the Seahawks here for you, JJ, is who's going to start for the Seattle Seahawks? Is it going to be Geno Smith or Drew Locke? And is either of them going to be fantasy viable this year? Now, considering a quarterback could be suspended for the year. Uh, my formal professional analysis. Oh, well. First part of your question, I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> I don't think it really matters which one starts. Um it's, it's going to be a preseason competition, I'm sure. And unless they bring someone else in, I think Gino will probably get the first crack at it, being that he's been there forever. Yep. And he had a little success when he subbed in for Wilson last year. He showed some flashes, but ultimately he's still Gino Smith. So, um, I'm not obviously neither of them are fantasy relevant in my opinion, unless you're in a 16 man league and bye weeks crush you and you have to add whichever one of them starts. But <laughs> other than that, you should not be starting either of these guys. Um, yeah, I would tend to think it'll probably be Gino starting off from the rip. And if you're insanely desperate and drafted Deshaun Watson nine overall in your draft and need to go get Gino, at least he's got a little bit of the running ability in this offense too. So I guess there's that. Yeah. Um, not only that, I think he's got pretty good wide receivers that he can – I think he'll make one of the viable. We'll get to that when we get to that question. But, uh, yeah, no, I really don't see them being very viable for fantasy football. I think if Baker Mayfield got traded here, that would be the best outlook for the Seattle Seahawks fantasy roster um, because I think teams would respect him at the quarterback position a lot more than these two guys personally. All right, so we'll move on to the next question of the day. So – JJ, we're going to talk about the running back position next. By the end of the year, who is going to be more fantasy relevant at the running back position? Is it going to be Rashad Penny or Ken Walker? And do we have a potential of wanting them being a running back two or a flex running back potential? So what I'm asking here is could one of could both of them be viable from the standpoint, potentially one of them in the passing game, one of them in the running game? And Last thing about the running back position is Chris Carson just done with the neck injury. Yeah, to cover the Chris Carson stuff quick. Yeah, I think he's done. They invested heavily in the running back position in the draft when they have a lot of other team needs. So I think that really is an indicator that Carson, unfortunately, probably has played his last snap in the league. Um, neck injuries aren't something to play with. So um, as far as who will be the most relevant at the end, by the end of the season? I think it's Ken Walker. Um, I obviously talked about him a lot in our, our dynasty shows. Yeah. I think he's very talented. I think Penny's pretty talented too, and he did an amazing job last year when he hit that hot streak. He, I mean, he could have – I'm sure he was a league winner for some people. He had a – He was the highest – I believe he was the highest scoring running back over a six-week period. Yeah, it was – so, He went on I mean, a tear. That, that's what they drafted him to do forever ago, and he just didn't do it till his contract year. Um, they did give him a decent chunk of change to come back, so I think that he's going to get the lead carries um, mm -hmm. at least to start the season. But there's just – with his history, I just do not envision a way that he stays healthy for a 17-game season. So I think, um, I think Ken Walker takes over by the end of the year. Um, these Seattle backs – when I go, I, I've already started doing mock drafts. When I go zero RB strategy, mm -hmm. usually I can get both of them 
so I'll I'll have my receivers, and then later in the draft, they're they're I mean they're down by the the hundred range, so I can snag both of them in the later rounds, um, and just cover my bases for whoever is getting the most carries. I can start. Um, so that's when I like to take these guys. So far, um, we'll see what training camp in the preseason shakes out. If if Penny's got a hamstring issue the whole time, then Ken Walker's stock's obviously going to go up, but. I think you added a very interesting point. I think that's a good strategy for, especially for the zero uh, RB strategy, where you're going to be looking at guys where they're not necessarily the bell cause of their backfield, but there's potential in these backfields where they're good at doing the running game. Uh, specifically in Seattle, where they're looking to establish, I think, the running game on first, second, and third down this year. So mm-hmm. I think that's a very good strategy if you're looking to get a positional advantage at other positions like the tight end and the wide receiver position is take a few of these guys, maybe them, the Ravens are potentially another team where you could do that too. The disgusting dolphins are a team. You can do that. The bills potentially four teams that you can look at to take advantage of in the zero RB strategy. And if you do hit on those running backs, you've done a good job and you potentially have a nice rounded out roster. Um, As for these two running backs, um, I see Rashad Penny potentially being a flex player this year, um, just based on him, like you stating, getting the initial work this season. Um, but I think that will fade out for Ken Walker, who I think is immensely talented and viable in the passing game. And I think underrated in the passing game, as you pointed out in our uh, dynasty rookie mock draft. So I think by the end of the year, you could see Ken Walker being a running back too. Um, with a lot of upside going into next year. And I see Penny more of that flex option coming out of the backfield where you could see some viability at him some weeks, but only in those formats where I think that they're really actually in those games. Because I think if they're out of those games, you'll see a lot of that work going to Ken Walker because of his passing ability. Yep. All right. Next question for you. We're going to the wide receiver position. Uh, what is the fantasy relevancy of DK Metcalf? on this team uh does it look like a wide receiver two for fantasy football do you see tyler lockett being a wide receiver three because of the boom bust potential and is there any viability for Dwayne eskridge i like the player Dwayne eskridge i just he's not in the right situation at this point in time um and as far as the seattle guys i'm i'm honestly just staying away um i love i love dk metcalf and i feel for him because he's went from russell wilson to this situation he's in now. Mm-hmm. So I hope, fingers crossed, he hits the open market next offseason. But uh, he, he's really hoping to get the bag right now, though. I think he yeah, wants to get the bag I, before I his numbers drop this offseason. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I think he's in a bad situation. And where he is right now, ranked in like the overall and like the between 40 and 50 is where he is right now, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not messing with him. Um, I don't think these quarterbacks can can fuel another 1,300-yard season. I think he ultimately has a solid chance to finish as a, a wide receiver too, but I'm just not going to put my faith in, in those two guys. You saw Geno Smith be one game, he peppered him with targets. The other game, he didn't even look at him. It just <clears throat> There's not enough consistency there for me to invest that highly in him as much as I love the talent. <clears throat> what about if Baker ended up there? <clears throat> That would help. I'd, I'd probably be a little more inclined, but his ranking could also go up. But, you know, Baker was at his best in Cleveland when he could spread the ball around and he didn't have to worry about trying to get 
the star wide receiver the ball. You know, when Odell was out, Baker looked better than he ever had. So it's true. I uh, and his deep ball has been suspect in the NFL thus far, which is kind of DK's game too. So um, I, I still, I, I just, I, I see myself avoiding these guys. Um, <clears throat> maybe in Dynasty, if people are down on them too, you could try and buy low on them. In, ho- in hopes that they get uh, a better quarterback next year or he leaves the team. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just avoiding the Seahawks receivers this year, unfortunately. Um, I agree with your sentiment that I see DK Metcalf, unfortunately, not in the wide receiver one range this year, um, which sucks because he really seems to be on the ascend, but they just kind of took his lifeline away there with Russell Wilson and are looking to go a different direction. Uh, but it's a low-end wide receiver, too, because Geno Smith's probably going to be throwing him the ball at least early in the part of the season. Um, I think they could create a good chemistry there. Um, but unfortunately, the ceiling and Geno Smith's ball placement really is lacking. Um, so where you will probably see a lot of the statistical advantage for DK Metcalf with him is if <clears throat> they ever get in the red zone. And let me preface, if they ever get in the end zone, <laughs> he's probably the one that he'll be looking to throw to because he's a big body. You may have a weird year from him where he gets a lot of touchdowns in the red zone and low amount of yards. It's I see him having a little bit of a weird year, um, but really nothing higher than a low-end wide receiver, too. Um, and as for Tyler Lockett, uh, he could completely fall off the face of the earth this year and then come back with a new quarterback next year and take the world by fire, and you may get the viability with him next year. So maybe he's someone that you could potentially target in Dynasty. Um for a late second round dynasty pick next year. Um, I'm, I'm not looking Tyler Lockett's direction this year. And Eskridge is nothing but a dynasty flyer at this point, hoping to get a better yep. quarterback. He's no one you're going to look at in redraft leagues. Uh, next little bit of next line of question I've got for you, JJ. Is Noah Fant on fantasy radars this year? If Drew Locke was a starter? Late, I mean, late round flyer. He's immensely talented. It's really a shame what, what's happened in his career so far. He's an absolute athletic specimen. So he just can't get himself a quarterback. So he's stuck with Drew Locke again or Geno Smith. <laughs> so, um, you know, tight end has some, had some viability in Seattle in the past. You can think about the big Jimmy Graham year. Um, so I, I think he could be okay. I just, again, I'm not, I'm not targeting Seattle pass catchers this year. So maybe try and make a move for him in dynasty. If you can get him for a third round pick or something, but I I just don't have any interest in Fant this year as as talented as he is. Yeah. I've got no interest in him and he's been completely off my radar. And honestly, until I brought up his name at this point, I hadn't thought about him in weeks for fantasy football. So (laughs) Yeah, I don't see him having any viability, even with the familiarity with Drew Locke. If anything, he wanted to get away from Drew Locke, I think, to potentially hit his talented peak. And he has unsuccessfully done that and followed him to Seattle. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Drew Locke. You just have to hope that a better quarterback's coming around next year to have any viability later into your career. And I think with that, we're ready to move on from the depressing sentiment that the Seattle Seahawks were and go to teams with more upside like the 49ers. You ready for that? Yes. All right, so first question I'm going to ask for you. Uh, we'll also cover the quarterback position because I'm biased as shit with this, considering this guy is on my dynasty team. So we'll get your opinion on it. 
What is the ceiling of Trey Lance for fantasy football? Is he potentially instantly a quarterback one if he starts in week one? And is there any weird chance that Jimmy G sticks around, or is this the last time we've seen him in a 49ers uniform? Yeah, I think they're just going to go ahead and move forward with Trey Lance. I don't I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo will, will start for the 49ers this year. His ceiling, I, I honestly think he could be like 2021 Jalen Hurts, who was a top 10 quarterback, um, a league winner for a lot of people. I mean, he was one of the most consistent fantasy football players with his rushing ability, keeping his floor high enough where mm-hmm. he's dangerous. So I could definitely see something like that for Trey Lance. You think about the the Kyle Shanahan system. He It's quarterback friendly. Um you know, he's got Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, all these guys that are really good yak-wise. So he's just got to get the ball to his playmakers, and they can rack up the yards for him. So <clears throat> I like Trey Lance this year. His value is still very reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to wait on quarterback um, and take the, the chance on him, you can grab him and like a, a Kirk Cousins or somebody that is going to, you know, throw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I, I like Trey Lance a lot. I think, uh, I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be happy this year. Well, as a fantasy footballer say, he's definitely a, my guy. I, I think he's got very high potential and I think he's going to have a better season than Jalen hurts this year. Um, just based around the offense. Yeah. There's, there's another, uh, apology about potential in the future. I've already got a handful of them. So why not add a, another one later at some point? So that argument will come up. But I, I really love the potential of Trey Lance this year. Um, I like his deep ball. I think he's going to have time to work on it this offseason, similar to how Josh Allen was able to improve on his from the first to the second year, too. Um, not only that, he's got the running ability, which he has shown to be athletic enough in the NFL, even in the few games that he played to actually have ability on the ground to be good in fantasy football. Um, not only that, he can get that chemistry with this team this year because I think there's no doubt that he's going in starting this year. The players and the coaches are talking like he's going to start for the 49ers this year. I think he's going to, right from the get-go, uh, just take off of this job. And I think he's going to be very viable for fantasy football this year, easily a quarterback one. And in my bold takes, I said potentially a top-five quarterback in fantasy football this year. And I would not be shocked if that actually ends up happening this year. It's a lot, but... It is a lot. I believe in the kid. I think he's going to be quite good. And I'm, I always like 49ers players and did last year and that blew up in my face. So we'll see if it does again this year. The real, the real question is, is he better than Zach Wilson? Yeah, he will be. I'm confident he will be. Um, I think Zach Wilson potentially has quarterback two potential this year. Uh, I think he'll have that decent numbers. I mean, but I I mean like overall in the career. Is up his career. Who's going to be? more successful quarterback, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance? I think Trey Lance will be, unfortunately. Oh. Doesn't mean that Wilson can't get us to a Super Bowl eventually with the right system. I mean, there's very average quarterbacks that have gotten teams to Super Bowls just with the right system. But well, I think basically, the same system now, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we'll see how viability that works out, too. That's that's actually a very good point I haven't thought about, too. So it'll be very interesting to see the comparison of these two. Which and Fields honestly, is in the same system, too. Yeah, we're really going to get real answers on the talent of these players this year, won't we? Yeah. Where they where they rank from one to three? It's funny that I'm not taking my homer pick here because Wilson's also on my dynasty team too. So I'm hoping for success for both of them this year. 
It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Um, I see Wilson as having more quarterback two upside, high quarterback two upside with the offense this year. Um, Trey Lance having very high upside, potentially top five. And I think Justin Fields could flirt with quarterback one potential. Um, I like him this year too. So, Next question I've got for you, we'll move to the running back position. Will Elijah Mitchell supplant the numbers that he had last year finishing in the top 12 of running backs? Or will Tyrion Davis-Price, Jeffrey Bolshin, <laughs> Jermichael Hasty, and Trey Sermon, the hodgepodge behind him, cut into those numbers? Um, it's I think it's health-dependent. I, I think he will get the first cracks at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he gets the first carry for the 49ers this season, and it's going to be – whether he can stay consistent and produce like he did last year. But um, it'll all depend on Price if he if he wins favor with Shanahan. So. Yeah, he seems like a wild card. They're talking very good about him out of training camp. He's, yeah. he's definitely an interesting target, I think, in uh, rookie drafts too. Again, wow. it's just a, a situation that I am avoiding. I mean, Price, I, I'll take Price because he's going much later in drafts hmm. as a flyer, but – Elijah Mitchell, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not drafting anywhere as of now. Yeah, um, honestly, I, I find that kind of interesting because you said you're running the zero RB strategy later. Well, in drafts. just when I, just when I do, around. when I do, I, yeah. don't look his direction. No, no, not really. Hmm. You may have to try that up in some of your other leagues because I'm sure you're drafting in a ton of spots. You know, get some. Uh, some viability there. I definitely think there's some viability there. But, yeah, I think Mitchell could potentially finish the top 12 running back this year. Oh, if he, he certainly can. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think he gets the first crack. But he's been – he got pretty banged up last year. Um, so, it's – it's so, something, about that, is, something about that 49ers curve just destroys the running back. Position. Yeah, there's – every week the waiver wire conversation is the next man up for the 49ers. So it's just <laughs> – it's a curse. Which, which, if you can guess the right one, works out very well for you in fantasy football. But that's yes. the problem, is you have to guess the right one. And there's always mm. four other ones that are coming up for look carries. At, look at last year. I was on the tra- all aboard the Trey Sermon train, too, and he's in active week one. And I, I was your co-pilot on the Trey Sermon train. I was more than happy to get on there with you. Yeah. I got burned on the Sir- Trey Sermon train last year. You never know I, what Kenny is going to do. I have no belief in him, either. I think he's done. I don't think he lasts in the league four years. I honestly don't. Um, yeah, I, I like Elijah Mitchell's chances to play fairly well. I think he's going to be right on that line of potentially running back one. Um, I like Tyrion Davis Price's uh, late round flyer potential. Maybe you could take him as the last pick in your draft um, or in your rookie draft or your dynasty leagues. Um, there's definitely some interesting talent here. And Jeffrey Wilson, Jermichael Hasey will be interesting waiver targets at some point during the season. So just key up those names and watch them from week to week to see if there's injuries to the 49ers roster. So, um, you know, the running back for the 49ers has potential to get you to your playoffs at some point. Just you got to have the right one. That's all. Definitely a wild card of that position. Mm-hmm. All right, next question I've got for you on the Niners. Will Debo Samuel's rushing usage go down, helping out the running back position of the 49ers? And if so, will this kill his fantasy value? Yes, to the first part. No to the second part. Really? 
Yeah. Um, Explain. Well, we talk about, I mean, Debo, obviously, has openly filed a grievance against the 49ers and being used so much in the running back role. So I, I think they're doing everything they can to appease him, so he'll continue to play for their franchise. So I think they'll scheme him out of that. I mean, I think he'll still get a few carries and they'll probably compromise somewhere where maybe he gets a quarter or half of what he got last year. Um, but he still had like, what, 1,400 receiving yards, which is obviously incredibly fantasy relevant. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see how Trey Lance can support him. We, uh, I think last time I talked about him on this podcast, I, I said he's going to regress. I think that's really a consensus in the fantasy community that he's not going to replicate the numbers he had last year. But I still think he's clearly a wide receiver one, immensely talented. Um, he's probably going close to where he should in drafts right now. So do you see this just being more of a scheme change up as to how they get him the ball? So him maybe getting as many touches on the ball, just more of in a passing style of offense where you may see more bubble screens for him or short passes to get him the ball in some open yeah, space I mean, as opposed to just direct handoffs. They're going to design plays for him completely. I mean, he had, yeah, only 77 catches with 1,400 yards. So he's just such a playmaker. They'll – his receptions could go up, which obviously, uh, you know, if they're not going to give him the handoffs as much, they'll throw it to him more. So I, I think he's, I think he's certainly still a wide receiver one with top five potential. You see him uh, pushing for 90, 100 receptions this year? Probably not 100. Just in that offense, I mean, the volumes, it's a it's slower rate of play. They run a lot. Um, and you got Kittle and Ayuk and a bunch of other targets there. So. I think um, – I don't think he'll – he could hit 90, though. I mean, that's that's definitely doable for him. I think he'll regress a little bit for fantasy football this year. Um, Low-end wide receiver one. Um, another aspect that he didn't bring up here, too, is um, they would use him in the red zone as well. Um, I think you could see uh, Trey Lance calling his number a lot in the red zone and scoring, too. Um, so here I am just puffing up Trey Lance a little bit more and taking points away from guys <laughs> in this offense. Um, and they'll look to give it – to the running back position a little bit more too. Um, next question I got for you. Is there any value with Brandon Ayuk outside of a wide receiver three, or is he not even on your radar? I, I like the player, and he's going to have big weeks. It's just it's not a great situation that he's in. Um, like I said, the offense is really run first, and you got Debo Samuel and George Kittle ahead of him, I think. So um, – he had a little success with Trey Lance last year. So, I I mean, if he falls late enough, I'll take him because I really think he will have big weeks. Um, and he's kind of streaky, too. He'll get hot for a few games in a row and, and then cool down. So, um, I like Ayuk. I just – I'm not investing heavily in him this year. Yeah, I'm not investing heavily in him this year either. Like I said, he was my player last year. Was that was your guy fan. last year. You were that all was. about it. That was my guy last year. I was willing to spend double the value he was going at in auction leagues last year, which was an average of $13. And by the end, I spent $26 on him in our fantasy league. And boy, did that blow up in my face. Still made the playoffs, but I could have had more value at other positions, like getting another running back, which would have helped me out later on in season, potentially gotten me a little bit farther to the playoffs for the second year in a row. Um, but yeah, no, I don't see Brandon Ayuk being – anything more than a streaky wide receiver three for most teams. Um, 
just as a sentiment to last year. He will not be on any of my rosters. I promise you that. Um, but he's got some value where he will be streaky, um, maybe more valuable in best ball or DraftKings. But yeah, I <clears throat> don't see him as someone that's going to be on my roster this year. So next question I have for you. Uh, we're moving to the tight end position where there's actually someone relevant on someone on this roster. Uh, can George Kittle stay healthy for an entire season and finish as a top three tight end? And is he undervalued this year? Can he do it? Absolutely. Will he do it? Probably not. Um, Joe's having a coughing attack over there. I'm supposed to be the one coughing. Maybe he has COVID. That's why I muted myself. <laughs> um, I mean, George Kittle is awesome. And uh, that's part of why he gets hurt a lot, just his play style. Um, we'll see how healthy he is coming in the season. I think he's I think he's in pretty good health right now. I think he's going – I mean, he's still going as a, a top three, top four tight end, and a lot of that is popularity too. So, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I, I've taken him in a couple spots, and I, I don't mind it. I just – I got to see it with Trey Lance. It's – I got to see the, the training camp storylines, if, if he's looking to Kittle or not. Because he – I mean, he really had a down year last year, so – couple big games but other than that wasn't a whole lot going on so yeah what, what are your thoughts he's he's really strange and I don't know what to think of him this year he's one of the players where I ponder where to even take him because based on talent I think he is healthier than he has been in other off seasons he's great and he's got that top three potential um but there's three tight ends at the top that I already like better Mark Andrews Travis Kelsey and Kyle Pitts. Um, but that's right at that line of where Kittle falls. And you got to ask yourself if that comes up in the draft and you want that positional advantage, you take Kyle Pitts or George Kittle at this point. And I think a lot of fantasy owners are actually leaning towards Kyle Pitts currently at this point, just based on uh, the potential upside of him, because we saw what he could do last year during his rookie season. And, we think that he's going to be the safety blanket for that shitty hodgepodge of Atlanta quarterbacks over there. Um, there's not much else to throw to there where there's a lot of weapons that the 49ers have to throw to this year. And we saw last year, it kind of felt like George Kittle disappeared a little bit, even when he was on the field. Um, so yeah, he's, I mean, he's really a mystery this year as to what he could do. His outcomes are everywhere. I, I mean, I may be underselling. I mean, he had over 900 receiving yards and six touchdowns really good for a tight end sure didn't feel like he had that last yeah, year yeah he, he had a couple monster games that's why and then he would just die off I, i'm pulling up his game log now but um yeah he, i think he had like almost a 200 yard game at one point in the season and then yeah he had in back-to-back -back weeks in week 12 and week 13 he had 181 yards and 151 yards and the week after he had 93 so that was really where he got a lot of his stats, I mean, that's what that's over 400 yards right there in just a three game stretch. So, yeah. but he's, I mean, the fact that he can do that just shows how talented he is. So it's hard to, it's hard to not want to take him, but he's going in a range where there's receivers that are going to get a thousand yards. So it's tough. 
this is going to be more important to redraft leagues that are taking players uh, towards late August and September. If those, like you said, training camp storylines come out, if he becomes Trey Lance's security blanket or not, or if he's looking uh, more at his wide receivers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what his uh, formula is going to look like in this 49ers offense. Okay. All right. Now we're ready to move on to the Cardinals here. So a favorite name that has come up on – garbage time fantasy football is Marquise Hollywood Brown. So him being potentially the number one wide receiver for the Cardinals this year, just based on suspension of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, is he going to be the number one wide receiver for this team for the entire year? Or is his role going to regress when DeAndre Hopkins returns from suspension? Um, I think he stays at one. Um I do think too. about Hopkins last year. It wasn't like his first year in Arizona. Kyler didn't mindlessly target him. He really – he would start games hot, and you'd say, oh, man, he's going to have a monster game. And then all of a sudden, he just couldn't eclipse 100 yards last year. So I don't think um, Hopkins is really a huge threat to him. I think – I like I said, I, I love Hollywood Brown this year. It seems like everyone on the podcast does. It just uh, it's a good fit for him. So he's and he's in a contract year. He's got to have a big year. He's good friends with Kyler. Is just playing inside in a dome and a division with a lot of good offenses. I just think it is a formula for success. So um, yeah, I think I think Hollywood stays the one through the year and, and has a great season. He's going to an offense with a larger slice of the pie to get more of the passing work. Uh, the Cardinals have lost some weapons on that offense. Christian Kirk robbed the Jaguars blind has left the team. AJ, AJ Green is going to regress based on him going to the retirement home soon. Uh, Rondell Moore is still there, and I think that's an interesting piece. And DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six weeks. It's a perfect storm for him to absolutely break into the top 12 wide receivers this year. And we've seen that ability in some games where he just helps – your fantasy team team win any given week. Um, and this is just a better offense for him to function. And I think too, he's just moving to a better passing game all around. And you don't give up a first round pick for any wide receiver in this league, unless you plan on just sending a lot of targets their way. And I really think that's what the Cardinals are going to do with Hollywood Brown this year. I really love what he's going to do for that team this year. Um, so next question I have for you. Is there uh, any chance that Hopkins gets traded out of Arizona this year? Maybe around um, the trade deadline? I I don't think so. Um, i got to look at his contract details. The only way it would happen is if the Cardinals were completely out of it um, mm -hmm. by the time the trade deadline came up and they are just trying to dump his salary on somebody. But I don't think so. If I'm not mistaken – they can get out of his contract next year. Let me double check that. But I don't think he gets moved this year. Um, What's your expectations for him then for fantasy football? Not that much. Um, <laughs> it's tough. I mean, 2020, he had 115 catches, 1,400 yards. He had a, a monster year. I just, uh, just watched him last year. He didn't quite look like himself and looked like he really – lost his step a little bit so um 
yeah, I, I'm just I'm not taking him six six weeks. I just I'm not going to sit and wait for for him when they brought in Hollywood Brown, and I think that goes well for the Cardinals. So I'm not going to bank on. Yeah, he's he's really off my fantasy radar too. I don't see him as someone that I would draft either. Like he's just completely being taken off my list, especially in the ranges he's currently being taken at. Um, I'm gonna want someone where I can actually use them for the first five weeks because that's a big chunk of your fantasy season. Um, so let someone else take them and have to deal with that roster spot of not being able to use them because. Honestly, I think you could go a lot of other ways, and I think Hollywood Brown is going to be the clear number one wide receiver in this offense. Um, so, yeah, no, I think I'm good not taking DeAndre Hopkins at all this year. So I've got no fantasy football expectations for him. For the ones that do take him, you're probably going to see that wide receiver two um, role for him, but I think it's going to be a low-end wide receiver two. Don't think he'll be too flashy. I think they'll look other directions. I think by then Rondell Moore is going to establish himself in that offense. Um, and Hollywood Brown's going to establish himself. Um, he may be looking at himself being, and I could take flack for this if I'm wrong, potentially being the AJ Brown of this Cardinals offense next year. Thoughts? Uh, I don't know. Uh, just going to leave it at that. Just don't draft him and you won't have to worry about it. I, I, won't, I won't be drafting Hopkins this year anywhere, unless okay. he's in like the twelfth round. But there's okay. a lot of young receivers I like this year. All right, what's your thoughts on Rondell Moore? Love the player. They don't get on the ball enough. Um, I think he's going to have a lot of boomer bust weeks, like younger Hollywood Brown. Yep. Um, so I think he'll have some monster games where on bye weeks you could plug him in and potentially be rewarded for it. So I'll take flyers on him for sure. I'd rather draft him later than DeAndre Hopkins. I just think he's a really explosive player that they need to get the ball to more. So I, I love Rondell Moore's talent. I do too. And uh, I am not going to go with the sentiment that Ron Seymour likes to lay on that potentially Rondell Moore is not going to be a good player for the Arizona Cardinals this upcoming season. I'll give you the fact that I think Rondell Moore, I think, can potentially get into that wide receiver two uh, to flex option this year. I, I honestly like his upside. And I think if you're taking Rondell Moore at Dynasty Leagues this year, he could be a good piece for you. Um, I think the potential's there. We saw him potentially take a better role this year because there's not a lot of players in that Cardinals wide receiver position that could take his spot or his role this year. I think AJ Green potentially runs back and I think he could be very good for fantasy football this year. So I really do like Rondell Moore as your late round flyer this year. Um, and someone you could potentially play in DraftKings too. Rondell Moore could be very good for you. Um, next one, a player we wanted to cover on garbage time fantasy football tonight was Zach Ertz and the potential of Zach Ertz regressing uh, this season over Trey Lance at the tight end position. So you have to ask yourself if you're potentially avoiding these tight ends for fantasy football this season. I don't think you want to avoid uh, Zach Ertz this year. I think especially early in the season where DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on the field. I think Zach Ertz could play very well for the Arizona Cardinals this year and be a nice security blanket for uh, their QB. I mean, listen, he could potentially fall into that five to eight range, that range where we're not looking to potentially 
fall into the twilight zone that is the potential the tight end position for the Arizona Cardinals. So we really need to pick out those ones that could potentially have value for your leagues, the ones that you could take potentially later out of the top five tight ends. And I really think Zach Ertz could be one of those ones, especially the first six weeks where DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be there. And he could potentially be a decent option for you if you don't end up with those top five tight ends in your fantasy league. So, uh, JJ, what's your thoughts on Zach Ertz this year? Uh, do you think he could potentially be good for fantasy teams, or do you think he's going to regress with Trey Lance being taken? I mean, Trey McBride being taken by the Cardinals in the second round. Uh, you don't typically see rookie tight ends, with the exception of Kyle Pitts, make an immediate impact. So, I think it'll take a year, and I think it's really a good situation for the Cardinals. You have a very talented veteran in there to show him the right way. So. Um, Ertz and Murray clicked last year when that move happened. So I think, uh, I think Ertz is very fantasy viable. I have no problem taking him in that second wave of tight ends. He's like, he's been going as like a fringe, um, tight end one, tight end two. So I, I like Ertz this year. And especially with Hopkins out, I think early on, he could really carve himself out a nice role in the offense. So yeah, yeah. I was telling the heckling fan about you were uh, running to go do toddler errands really quick that uh, I, I see Zach Ertz falling to that five to eight range, um, potentially right on that cusp. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think there's five tight ends that are the clear top five tight ends in this league. And then you fall into the next level of tight ends and Ertz is one of the ones potentially in that range where I think you could see him have, especially in the first six weeks, have a great season to start off. Um, could potentially fade when DeAndre Hopkins comes off. But, you know, the tight end position is one where you want to gain a positional advantage early. And if you don't end up with one of those top five, he's one that will give you value and potentially some wins early in the season. You may have to look elsewhere later on in the season if they go away from him, which is a potential possibility. But uh, positionally, he's he's lined up very well for the first six weeks, I believe. I agree. Um, I think he's younger than Travis Kelsey. And he's a tight end that's had – 1100 receiving yards in the season before he was yep. ranked as a top three tight end for years. So I, I definitely, um, I definitely think he can have a positive impact on the offense and I'm completely aligned with you on that. What's McBride's dynasty value for you just quickly before we move on? Uh, I don't know. Third round, probably okay. um, not, not super pumped, but he definitely is in a, a good spot to take over for when Earth steps away. All right, next question for you. Will James Conner repeat as a top 10 running back this year, or will Darrell Williams and Eno Benjamin cut into his workload? I haven't formed a full opinion on this yet. I am not – I don't find myself taking James Conner, and maybe that's stupid. Um, cause what he did last year was incredible, but, um, he's just a guy that really depended on volume. Yeah. So if someone does step in, you know, his efficiency numbers weren't great. He didn't have a ton of big plays. Um, he just caught a, a lot of short passes and obviously got all the goal line work. So I, I think he will probably regress too. Um, I still think he's an RB two, but I don't know. Maybe that's stupid. He's he's somebody. He's one of the players that I have struggled with ranking this year the most. I uh, I still think he has gas in the tank, but um, I I think Daryl Williams will cut in a little bit. I don't know. Con- Connors is 
I've been saying fringe number one position a lot this episode, but he's fringe number one position, I think. Um, people always discount James Conner. People did it after his good year in Pittsburgh where he fell off a little bit based on injuries the year after that. But then he goes to Arizona and establishes himself as a number one running back, even with talented running backs on that roster. I see James Conner falling. I, I see him more into that 13 to 15 range, um, potentially with the ability to break into the top 12 easily uh, if they trust him this year. And I think there's a potential for them to really do trust him because he showed it last year again that he can carry the rock for them. And he really took them out of a hard spot when they were dealing with injuries at that position. So James Conner could repeat as a top 10 running back. I like him more in that 13 to 15 range. But Darrell Williams definitely depresses him a little bit. He's a lot more talented than people give him talent for. Um, give him and, for. Yeah. And Ito Benjamin uh, probably won't cut it in the workload, although on tape, Ito Benjamin is very electric and is an interesting option for your dynasty rosters, I think. But uh, James Conner could, yes, repeat as a top 10. And Darrell Williams, uh, if – Filling in for James Conner for injuries is a good fill-in and I think a good handcuff for him. So I, I, I really like that running back roster for the Cardinals. Uh, last question I've got for you for the Cardinals. We're going to their uh, whining toddler, Kyler Murray. So can Kyler Murray get over his late-season fantasy scoring woes and finally finish in the top five of quarterbacks for fantasy football? Probably, but I'm just not uh, – I just don't find myself taking him this year. And last year I took him everywhere. I I think you were – I think it was either you or Ryan that was with me that ranked – it might have been – I don't even know. It could have been Ron. That ranked <laughs> him as the uh, QB1 last year. So I, I loved Murray's outlook last year. And uh, he obviously let me down in a big way. So – and couldn't stay healthy. Um, and then obviously mentally he, I don't know how checked in he was. So that, that's kind of a red flag for me. That's, I mean, that's half the battle for the quarterbacks. So that's a big deal. So I, I think he will continue to produce fantasy wise, but he did not run as much last year. And, no, he definitely um, did not. and the year before when he did run a lot, I mean, it wasn't even scripted. It was just, improv and broken plays and he just got out of there but he was just more conservative last year and i guess trying to stay healthier and it just it didn't work out so if he's gonna do that i, I just I'll, I'll take a chance on somebody else and wait on quarterback he's the kind of player where he's gonna be sitting i think at the quarterback position again this year that five to eight range but you're gonna need to have those nice boom players i think on your roster to win with kyler murray uh, as your quarterback, um, he'll be steady and he'll do what he always does. I, I think he's going to follow the same set pattern this year, which is have those huge games early in the beginning of the season, win you a few weeks, and then he'll fade as the season goes. I really think it's going to be the same exact trajectory. You're going to need nice boom running backs or high end tight ends or one decent wide receiver with boom potential yeah. to potentially win your league. I think with Kyler Murray, he's, I don't know. And just for some reason, statistically and numerically, he fades over the season and you're going to need to make up for it somewhere. Um, so, you know, five to eight again, but definitely not a league winner, I don't think, for you. 
So we are ready to move on to the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. All right. So what's the uh, fantasy outlook for Matt Stafford this year? Um, I think he'll have a great year. Um, he'll be probably in that 10 to 12, 9 to 12 range. Um, obviously, he did a lot of things with his arm last year, but he doesn't run at all. I think I heard a stat where he hasn't had like a rushing touchdown in like five or six years. Um, so he just, he does not run. He doesn't QB sneak at the goal line. He just has no rushing upside. So it's all through with his arm. So that kind of caps him a little bit, but he's, if you wait on quarterback a little bit, you can get a great bargain on him. Um, so I, yeah, I think that nine to 12 range QB one. Yeah, that's about where I've got him too. And, uh, you know, if I played for the Detroit Lions for five out of those six years too, I wouldn't want to try to put myself into the end zone with the potential offensive lines they were running out there either. Um, so, you know, if playing for the Rams gets in that Tom Brady repertoire, finally getting to the red zone, maybe this will be the year he finally gets that one elusive touchdown. But yeah, anyway, I think the nine to 12 range is absolutely perfect for Matt Stafford. When you have weapons like Cooper Cup, potentially Allen Robinson too. And God knows, maybe they could add Odell Beckham again, who's still floating out there. That's a perfect range for him too. And decent value for someone that doesn't have running ability at the quarterback position. So next question I have for you, will Cooper Cup finish once again as the number one wide receiver overall for fantasy football, or is Allen Robinson going to cut into those numbers? Um, he's definitely going to regress. There's no way he replicates what he did last year, but I think he'll still have a great season. Um, 14, 1500 yards, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, that's about where I got him too. So I, I think he has a solid opportunity to be the one it's going to depend for me. I think it depends on how Jefferson, Justin Jefferson acclimates in the new system. Um, and Jamar Chase, if people can figure out how to contain him. Um, but I, I think Cup is right there, probably as a one again. Um, Allen Robinson, I really like his outlook this year as much as I hate the player because he literally quit on a team in the middle of the season last year. <laughs> um, I think he's in a, a good situation to step right into that Robert Woods role, and I definitely see him – around 11, 1200 yards and being a bargain in drafts this year. So I think uh, he'll click pretty well with Stafford. Well, it sounds like you sounds like Stafford's going to be throwing the ball around the freaking yard this year. Um, do you think this is going to be at the detriment of the running back position? So here is where I'm going to take a stance against some of the slander that's been thrown at Cam Akers on this podcast. Right, I know we had, we had dynasty football dad come on and, and trash Cam Akers. Um, he did. I can't remember who. So it might have been Ron talking about Cam Akers, trashing him. I uh, I think he's being slept on a little bit. And people want to talk about the playoffs where he only averaged like two yards a carry. Well, you know what? He played two of the top seven run defenses in the playoffs. So – and he can't, was coming off the most devastating injury that you can get in the league these days, and he did it in six months. Uh, he just had an interview where he said he's 100% now. I think he's going to come out and get the opening carries for a top 
10 top five offense in the NFL, I think he's going to have a great year. So, so you really see that yards for carry coming way off from where he was in the playoffs then? Yeah. I mean, he played the Bucs who had Dominican Sue Vita Bay in the middle eating up everything. And then the 49ers who have a great run defense, everyone they played, they stuffed. Um, so, I mean, that, and you're asking him to do that off of torn Achilles with no time in the season to warm up at all. So he's going to play – he's going to be in training camp getting those reps, He's which he didn't get last year. I mean, he, he tore that thing early. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think Cam Akers is being slept on a little bit. What range are you looking to take him in then? You, you sound like you're high on him. I mean, I, third, fourth round. I, I mean, I guess he's – maybe going around there, but I just, I hear a lot of hate for him and people saying he's going to be a huge bust. And I just think he's more talented than people give him credit for. And I saw flashes where though he tore his Achilles, he still looked explosive to me. And I know his, his average was down, but the Rams all year, they struggled to run the ball. They were in the bottom quarter, um, even when he didn't play. So it just, the line and the focus was really to throw the ball first. So I, I, I think, I really think he'll he'll have some good weeks, and I think he really has a shot to be in the RB1 range. If you do take him in that RB1 range, is Darrell Henderson a necessary handcuff for him, or do you think you're safe potentially looking other directions? Necessary, no, but reasonable, yes. I, I mean, he's people are forgetting about Darrell Henderson. He's going pretty late, so you can definitely scoop him up as a security blanket. Um, but, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think, I think Cam Akers has has a shot to be. I mean, he could be a, a league winner. He was taken in the second Ooh, round. Ooh, there's the cold take. There's a potential cold take. Or I'll, you're gonna look like a I'll, genius I'll, right I'll there. I'll mark it down. I'll mark it down. He could be though, because he's being slept on. If he has a season like a lot of people thought he was gonna have last year, you know, mm-hmm. he would be a first round running back. So. That, that might be your take of the offseason, JJ. We'll have to see. Yeah, well, I'm writing it down one or over an hour, 106, 105, end of the episode. Yep. NFC West breakdown episode. All right. Let's uh, move back to the wide receiver position really quick before we cover the tight ends and get out of here. Uh, any chance that Odell resigns with this team? Is that what you think is going to happen? <clears throat> Probably not. I don't, I don't see him coming back with them committing to Allen Robinson for a few years. And obviously, they have Van Jefferson, who's Yep. A drafted in-house product. There's just really no spot for for Odell, and I mean he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl, meaning he's not. If he does play this season, it's not going to be until late in the year. So okay. I don't think uh, I I really don't know if Odell's going to play this season. I could. He just had a kid. He tore his knee up. Um, I really could see him sitting out this whole season, rehabbing, getting back into the right place mentally, and then coming back in the 23 season. So. All right, what's the outlook for Van Jefferson potentially then if he ends up being the wide receiver three on this team? He's a fill-in guy, yeah. I'm not, I'm not I'm not going out and getting Van Jefferson. I think he's a talented kid, but he's just locked into that three role where you're not going to get the volume that the other guys are. So, All right. And last question I've got for you on this episode, two-part question. Is Tyler Higby a tight end fade this year, and is the Rams defense a number one defense for fantasy football again this year? I would fade Higby. I don't know. Last year, we the whole podcast loved him, but he just 
That Even was with the looks from Stafford, and it was all about the receivers. And that was a cold a, take for all of garbage time fantasy football. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really have an interest in Higby. Um, and what was the second part of the question? Is the Rams defense the number one defense for all of fantasy football again? They were the number one defense last year. Well, I mean, people assumed they were. Well, I know, I know. There's that stat out there that like the number one fantasy defense hasn't repeated like ever in the history <laughs> of fantasy football. So if they were the one, then they, I don't think so. But obviously, they're going to be one of the top five taken. They added Bobby Wagner to an already stacked defense. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're they're going to be nasty. So and they get to play the Seahawks twice. That those games, I have That's... to believe, are going to get pretty ugly. So, May want to spend up on draftings for that defense those weeks. Oof. Yeah. All right, All right guys. Uh, we have reached the end of the NFC West breakdown. So we are three out of the eight divisions in. We are just piling through these things. If you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, make sure to like and subscribe to here on YouTube. Leave comments below. We'll bring them up on live shows if they are good. If you're shy and want to listen to us in audio format, you can do that on many different formats, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon, TuneIn, and anywhere you get podcasts. And if you'd like to talk to JJ, go over to our Garbage Time, I'm sorry, Garbage underscore Time FF Twitter, where you can send him messages. Maybe he'll bring them up on the podcast, or you can reach us at Garbage Time Fantasy Football on our Instagram. JJ, do you have any closing thoughts for the Hackling fandom? Don't sleep on Cam Akers. Give him his credit. That's right. If you don't give him his credit, JJ's going to come and find you. Yes. And I think with that, guys, have a great night. And going into next week, I believe we're going to have Ron's bull takes if his stats are ever done. With that, Heckling fandom, have a great night.